What's up, you guys? Welcome to the November 14th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to do some season-long fantasy basketball talk. And with me to do so is Brian Canas. What's up, man? How's it going, Mike? Great, man. Uh, a lot of good HBO stuff last night. Westworld's getting crazy. <laughs> Loving my Tribe Called Quest. Uh, it's one of the best albums I've heard in a long time. I'm going to probably listen to it for like a month straight. Uh, so yeah, besides some some bad news last week, uh, it was a, it was a good weekend. Yeah, I gotta catch up on on my HBO. I haven't seen last week or uh, or Westworld for a couple weeks now. Yeah, it's uh, I won't say too much, but it's it's that shows <laughs> that shows so wild. The possibilities in that show are crazy. All right, so yeah, we're doing season long today. So if you do DFS, they're probably we'll try to tie in some stuff. But for the most part, this is for you guys who are kind of stuck on your roster or not really sure what to do with guys, guys coming back, guys that are hot, guys that are cold, kind of all that stuff. And then we'll answer some kind of ad drops at the end. But we do want to talk about kind of the hot topics from, I guess, over the weekend, more specifically Sunday. So we are going to talk about Mr. King of Revenge, man. I mean, this is straight up Kill Bill style with the revenge from this with Serge Ibaka, man. He went off career high 31. Uh, tied a season high in boards, set a season high in blocks. Uh, his efficiency was off the charts. He had two threes for just the third game of the season. His usage rate was obviously really high. Season high in attempts. I mean, season high in minutes. It, it was just an unbelievable game, man. So he's been trending up a little bit. Like his blocks were really down. He only had uh, .7 blocks in his first three. And you're like, oh, here we go, because he said that downward trend for four seasons. But now he's trending up. He's had multiple blocks in uh, three of his last four. Uh, the scoring's coming up. The block, the boards are a little bit there. He shot, uh, he's shooting 50.6% from the field, 93% from the line on just two attempts. So things are looking a lot better. So if you have Surge, and you probably spent a third or fourth rounder on him, how are you feeling about your his value going forward? Yeah, I was one of the people kind of, being a cheerleader for him in the preseason, thinking that he'd step into a bigger role in Orlando. Um, didn't didn't start out like that, as we all know. And what really freaked me out were a couple games where he played 19 minutes, he played 21 minutes. Um, but I was always keeping the faith. You don't want to panic on guys. I mean, if you, if you spend a top 50 pick on someone on draft day, don't give up on them after 14 days. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the upticks in his stats. He's also hit at least one three-pointer in seven straight games, which is awesome. Um, As usual, he's killing it from the line, shooting 93% uh, free throws in November. Um, So, yeah, I I like where he's trending. And obviously that 31-point ridiculous revenge game, he said afterwards that he'd never hit a game winner at any level in his career. And then he does it when he returns to OKC. So what a what a perfect storyline. Yeah, he uh, he had some comments before, too, saying that he was, like, really mad and just so amped up, and then he finally calmed down. But he had he hit this one like fadeaway shot that I I may have seen him hit like once in his career, and he was just like he swished it, and his face was just like oh it was just oh man it was if if there's like a, a revenge game greatest hits I mean that, that that's probably track one man I mean, that was definitely the the revenge game of the season man and there's been a, quite yeah. a few of them though I mean Westbrook. Um, really, that's not really a typical revenge game, but I think KD and OKC is going to be fun. A lot of teams, um, Dwayne Wade, that they had, he had a decent game, so should be should be pretty cool. Uh, anything you want to add on Surge? This is, and we should talk about too. Like you said, he got benched for Jeff Green. 
Uh, I, I think that those days may be gone. Um, they're shifting Jeff Green to more of a three. He's starting, too. Um, so, actually, there's a question about this. Let's just shift gears really quick, if that's okay, kind of out of order, uh, and talk about Aaron Gordon, who's actually been pretty decent in his bench role. He shot the ball a lot better. Uh, he's had a couple couple of his passes, I thought, where he wasn't really passing at all, but he had his assists aren't high, but you can just see he's doing a little bit better. Of He only has two assists in the last two, but I just feel like he's doing a lot better and just the uptick on the efficiency is helping him. He's only 42% from the season, but 50, 56% last night, 5-9. and nine. So how do you feel about him? He's, ha- he's just hanging around top 100 value right now. So he's a little yeah. down on his ADP. Yeah, I, I don't see the, the move to the bench as a death knell necessarily for his value. Um, it's not helping him right now because in the past two games with Green starting, Gordon's played 25 and then 22 minutes. Um, so my hopes were that if he shifted to the bench, even if he took a little bit of a hit in minutes, his usage would go up. Um, Vogel said before the season he wanted to use him in a sort of Paul George-style role. Uh, we sh- I, you know, should have always been skeptical on that. But um, we're just not seeing too much of it. And he chips in just enough stats across the board that I'm, I'm hanging in there with him. I'm not going to cut him right now unless there's someone really hot on the wire. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned last night, it was actually in a, a blurb for Andre Robertson, that there's only six players in the league currently averaging at least 1.4 steals, 0.8 three-pointers, and 0.8 blocks. And Aaron Gordon is on that list, as well as Durant, Draymond. Um, so it's good company. And those it's a subtle thing, but that yeah. does a lot in Roto, especially. For sure, man. Uh, defensive stats are huge. Like That's why Mr. Giannis is top seven, top eight. Just those defensive stats, man. He's, he's, he's all that we've ever dreamed of, man. Uh, we'll talk about him, I guess, soon. Uh, okay, so anything else magic-wise you want to add? We saw DJ Augustine kind of take some minutes away, but then Alfred Payton, he had a pretty solid game last night. Tw- uh, he had 23 points, nine dimes, two steals, yeah. a block, no turnovers, 10 and 19, three threes. So crazy efficiency from him. Yeah, he got overshadowed by Ibaka, but he yeah. for sure had a good game. Um, Fournier started slow, but he finished 7 of 10 from the field, 21 points, 5 assists. That's all you could ask from him. Do you think his back uh, injuries, because he's been kind of slow too, but he's yeah. picked it up his last two. Um, 21, he's weird. He's had 13, yeah, he's had 13 points, 3 straight, and now he's had 21 in back-to-back. So uh, I think yeah. we know how many points he's going to score tonight. Yeah, it <laughs> should uh, be a good game again with uh, Vogel. Vogel revenge at Indiana, man. Yeah, yeah, Coaching revenge. Good. And also, uh, I guess we should quickly mention Vucu had a terrible game. Mm. Uh, she scored four points in 19 minutes, but it was almost entirely foul trouble. So don't mm. don't read into that if you're yeah. one of his his owners panicking. For sure. All right. So the other uh, the other big well, there's two stories, but the quicker one. Which I was stunned. I, I like to try to think I could project who's going to start, and usually I'm not. I'm usually, I'm, sometimes it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. This time I was like, holy crap, man! Nemanja Bjelica is starting at small forward because mm-hmm. the the Wolves they were really short on wings. Zach Levine was a late scratch. Brandon Rush was out. Shabazz Muhammad was out. So you're pretty much down to you're basically have no shooting guards and Andrew Wiggins. So they uh, at at small forward. So they went out of the box and it worked, man. I mean, B. Lisa looked really good. And this isn't surprising. This guy can pass. He can drive. He's had some de- perimeter defensive issues, kind of a la Miritich. So what do we do with B. Lisa? And do you think this may be a breakthrough for him to get kind of a new avenue for minutes? Maybe over a guy like Shabazz? 
Well, normally I'd say, no, this is just a sort of fluky thing, you know, don't read into it too much. If you're in a deeply speculative pickup, that, that whole rigmarole. Um, but in this case, Tom Thibodeau, after the game, was just raving about this lineup. Um, he's been looking for something to work. They're 3-6 and six after last night's victory, so, you know, if they find some traction, he's the kind of coach who could just ride that. And there were some beat writers saying, based on his comments, it's conceivable that he would keep this starting lineup and maybe bring Levine off the bench in a six-man role. Um, that's pure, pure speculation, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting turn of events because he did. He looked really good, and, and Tibbs loved the, the length that that gave him in the uh, starting lineup. I mean, that's crazy. you got Towns, Jang, Wiggins, Elisa, and, and Rubio is a pretty long point guard, so that's a... That's a pretty interesting lineup. Yeah, Rubio's Rubio's underrated, man. People, I mean, he's kind of hit or miss for fantasy. When he's going strong, he's top yeah. twenty. But yeah, I mean, I I, I like. It. Uh, I always I kind of thought when he came in the league, even though he's six ten, I kind of thought that he could be a kind of Durant esque, you know, just big small forward. So I mean, they have the the the, the depth rotation is just crazy on that team. Like they they still have Cole Aldrich. So they could move Jang around a little bit. And we always kind of thought that Tibbs would have kind of an eight, nine-man rotation, like a Chicago days. And he's kind of went ten deep. Um, mm-hmm. up and We shifted lately to more of a niner. But he kind of went kind of went eight last night. Only eight guys saw 14 or more minutes. Uh, and, again, that was because Levine was out. We saw a lot of three-guard lineups. And it was it was cool. But, yeah, I'm, I kind of like Bielitsa. Like you said, I wouldn't cut... Someone with solidified value until we see it again. But, man, his upside's good. He blocks a little bit. He's a great three-point shooter. Um, I have him on 30 deep, so I kind of hope he, he blows up. Um, anything else you want to add Wolves-wise? Just nothing. What about Wiggins, by the way? He's been scoring a bunch lately. Yeah, he's, I mean, you, you said it. Incredibly impressive. Uh, I noted in my blurb last night that the only thing really preventing him from elite value is the lack of supporting stats. He, he gets mm. very, I think... He's right around 0.5 steals, 0.5 blocks, um, four boards, something like two and a half assists. Two, yeah. So that's just, unfo- unfortunate in Roto. Um, but, I mean, his upside's ridiculous. I'm not holding this against him in terms of long-term value. Yeah, the three-pointers are, are just surging right now. He's at 1.9 on the season, 55% from three. So that yeah. little 41% post-break, it wasn't coming earlier. We're like, uh, it didn't come in the preseason either. But now he's really rocking it, man. So and I think not having Levine really kind of um, gave him more perimeter shots. And uh, he's been doing really well in mid-range. Getting a lot of close shots, too. So I like that. Like, I think that his kind of, not this not this hot, but his season average of 26.3, I, I think that's more sustainable. I don't think he's going to get 26.3, to be clear. But I think that's more sustainable than someone like DeRozan, who's leading the NBA in scoring right now. We'll talk about yeah. him soon. Uh, okay, so the other thing, and this is probably the, the touchy subject in fantasy right now, uh, and that is the Jerkish lineup, or as probably fantasy owners will call it, is Jerkish because it's just making us so mad. Um, but they are finally scrapping the Jerkish lineup. That's Nikola Jokic and Joseph Nurkic. They didn't play any minutes together last night. Mike Malone shot it down over the weekend on Saturday. Obviously, we saw... Jokic come off the bench now, so man, if you spent like if you draft, I didn't draft early October. Had I drafted early October, I probably would have taken him like early third. But um, the the emergence of Nurkic kind of moved him down a little bit. So luckily, I didn't get I didn't get my uh, 
didn't get stuck with him, but man, he, he looks bad. So what are your thoughts on him with his new role? Uh, again, no more Jerkic, it looks like. That that was just a bad idea. So what do you what do you do with him right now? Uh, well, first I'll start by saying that unlike you, I did get stuck with him <laughs> in some leagues. Uh, some of those early drafts before the preseason yeah. really got underway, uh, and we started to get butterflies about about the you know the impact that Nurkic would have on on Nikola. So yeah, I've got him, and the only thing I can really do is hang in there because you know his value is bottoming out right now. Mm. So if you trade him, you're you're trading someone with potential early round value for you know pennies on the dollar. Um, so you just got to look into it and hope that now that he's being shifted to the bench, I mean, Mike Ballon wants to get him started. He was quoted recently, you know, he said, go back to last season. He had an unbelievable rookie year playing the five. Uh, I've done him a disservice by exploring playing big, uh, change his position on him and it hasn't been easy. So the good news there is that they're recognizing it's a problem. It's not working out. Uh, they shifted him to the bench. They're going to give him minutes at center and, there's really a pretty clear path. I mean, you look at what he did after the break last year, he needed just 25.5 minutes per game to be a top 40 value. So if he splits minutes with Nurkic at center, grabs a handful of minutes at power forward, voila, he's playing 28 minutes a game. Um, it seems sustainable. There's a path to the, uh, I think, owners just have to be patient. For sure. And, I mean, Nurkic is not exactly the most durable cat out there. So that's another thing that could boost him. Yeah, like he's like we're going to talk about buy low so high. I didn't even put him in there because it's kind of so obvious. Like mm-hmm. and they haven't really. I want to see him out there. He's been playing mostly second unit. So you look at the lineups he's been used in the last two. Um, well, besides Gallo, he's used next to him a lot, but um, he's been playing a lot next to Nelson and Murray. But it's they haven't looked good either. Well, with their two lineups, their most used lineup with him was only for nine minutes together. So they still haven't figured out who they're going to put next to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Nuggets rotation's a mess. In their last two games, I can't even count this. It's, it's a ton. I want to say it's like 40 different lineup combos um, with uh, their most, in two games combined, is 11 minutes. And, yeah, it's, it's just uh, a mess. So we'll see what they do. Like, like you said, he only needs... If he gets 20 minutes and he could perform per minute like he did last year and you expect some growth, that he can hit top 50 values. So, yeah, like you said, you have to hang in there. And, I mean, people were asking me about cutting him. Dude, mm-hmm. calm down. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that I think that maybe the top 20 kind of thing we were hoping for probably isn't going to happen. But, again, things could change, like if Nurk goes down. So, yeah, definitely kind of a no-brainer. But I think if someone – and actually – I got a good question from someone, um, which I think has changed now. But like a week ago, it was an offer for Jokic for Jabari Parker. But now I think I would take Parker. Like I'm kind of sold on Parker. How, how would you feel about that? I, I'm high enough on Parker that I'd, I'd give that long consideration depending on my roster. Yeah. Um, but I I still have faith that Jokic could outperform him long term. So it's not a, it's not a clear cut one for me. Yep, yep. I'm the same way. Uh, okay, so we'll move on, and we'll get to some... One more thing I want to talk about, kind of trendy topics, is Drew Holiday could be coming back this week. So that's going to create uh, some different rotations. We've seen Gentry go a lot of two-point-guard line, two lineups, a lot of three-guard lineups. I mean, they may even go super small. Um, they'll, they'll probably play Etwan Moore at the three a little bit more, who's been playing well. Uh, and I firmly believe, I think we're going to see a good... 
11 minutes of Frazier next to Holiday, at least until Tyreek Evans comes back, if he comes back. So a lot of people who drafted Frazier, um, and I, I have a lot of Frazier, and I'm, I'm thinking about cutting him like, actually I just thought about this, would you cut Frazier for Bielitsa? I don't know if I would. I wouldn't, yeah. yeah no. I I'd, I'd kind of wait and see how it plays out. I mean, Frazier's not setting the world on fire, but eight right. assists per game. I mean, shooting pretty good percentages, almost a three per game. So he's right in there. In a, he's a top 100 value, um, just under 30 minutes. So I don't know that he's going to get that much playing time yeah. when Holiday comes back. I think he'll be in the low 20s probably. Yeah, I think if uh, I'm in like an 18 league, I probably would do it. Like, yeah. Like, I think that B-Leeds' upside is going to be a lot higher than what Frazier's would be with Drew back. Yeah, I'm just banking on a couple. Maybe, is Drew returning? Do, do we have a firm date yet? No, we've, Gentry said Possibly no timetable. Yeah, Gentry said no timetable. Woj said this week. Zach Lowe said mid, uh, mid-November. So right. it sounds like it's going to be this weekend, This maybe at some point this week, so... Yeah, yeah, if you so have Frazier, Frazier's on a precipitous downcline. Here. Yeah, like, I mean, Josh Richardson, I would pick him up instead. Um, a lot of the other guys we're going to talk about, the, the hot pickups, we'll talk, I, we could use him as, I guess, as a measuring stick. But yeah, he's definitely trending down, man. I mean, when you, he's going to lose a lot of ball handling responsibilities. He's not a great shooter. So without with, if, you take, if you cut his dimes in half, you're going to lose a lot of value there. Got nothing there. Yep. All right. So, what's and, and what do you think about Etwan really quick? I mean, he's been pretty good, uh, hitting, hitting some threes. He's had uh, what his fourth twenty point game of his career. Um, he's shooting the ball really well, forty six percent with the threes. Um, he's got almost a steal a game, three three uh, three assists a game. He's pretty solid. Yeah, decent across-the-board contributions. I actually don't own him anywhere. Yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> and I, I've considered pickups a couple times, but my rosters have always been solid enough that I don't I don't need a guy who's, you know, flirting with top 120 value and might see a dip when Holiday returns anyway. So. Yep. And then Buddy Heald, I think, who people were on for a little bit, I think, and a lot of people asking about picking him up, but I'm not really feeling him. Um, doesn't really do much besides hit threes. Right. And he's gonna have. And, he's not gonna score inside. Like he's thirty thirty eight percent in the field. I mean, yeah, I think efficiency is gonna be an issue all season. Um, typical typical rookie scorer kind of problems there. Yeah. So let's round out the Pelicans. Just talk some Terrence Jones really quick. We saw him have kind of two big games. One was a monster against the Suns, um, which that was such a great matchup for him. What do you do with him? Uh, big upside. We know uh, injury prone. Um, but Gentry, man, these rotations are, are a pain in the neck. So how do you feel about him as far as, like, hold? Um, would you trade for him in a deep league? And I mean, I'm sure. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. no. I've, been, I've been off him all year. I mean, I, I didn't draft him anywhere. I haven't considered him as a pickup. Uh, it's, there's just too much chaos, and his role is so uncertain. And, you know, he's just been dreadful the past two years. He's shooting under 44% from the field this year. 63% at the line. Um, you know, he does have nice upside, defensive stats, rebounds. Um, we've seen him put together some good campaigns, but just given what Gentry's done so far, I have zero faith in this. Yep. Um, would you cut, you said if you had him, you'd cut him for Bielitsa? Probably, yeah. Just take a shot. And yeah, I think so too. They're pretty much. Six, if, if not, go to the next grade. Yeah, pretty much in a similar spot where you don't know where he's going to get his minutes. I mean, obviously. And the other thing, too, that I think is a, a big bonus is if Anthony Davis goes down, 
then that's kind of jackpot. Like he's he's like an elite handcuff, kind of like fantasy football style. Yeah, if I'm in a deep league or probably any league, and I own Anthony Davis, which sadly I don't. Um, yeah, Jones. That makes him far more appealing. Yep. Okay, so let's get to kind of the just general topics on this season and some hot pickups right now. Uh, one guy who's technically has first-round value per game, that's Bebe Nujera, um, with his ridiculous stat line of 8.3 points, 7.3 boards, 2.5 blocks, 1.8 steals, 88.2% from the field. He is 15 of 15 at the rim with 10 dunks, 4 layups, and a hook shot. Um, that sounds like uh, the the white man can't jump and a hook shot. <laughs> you shooting at the Sudan? All right, sorry. Um, anyways, what are we thinking here? He hasn't played any minutes next to JV, and he's not going to, I don't think. Yeah, I don't um, think. So I mean, he had a five block game that just buoyed his value so hard. Yeah, and steals too. He's had at least one steal, one block in every game. Yeah, um, yeah in Saturday's game, you, you said five blocks, three steals, ten boards, and twenty six minutes. And he just can't miss from the field right now. Um, so obviously, in, inflated numbers, but I think he's for sure locked down that job. We're not going to see much of uh, Purtle anytime soon. Yep. And yeah, as we saw last year, a backup center like Biombo got pretty steady minutes. Um, JV frequently benched down the stretch. That's starting to happen again for defensive purposes. So that's not good if you own JV. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I think is worth a pickup right now for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Like he's kind of like Jokic, man. Just he may if he gets a twenty minute roll, and I think he's got that kind of locked down. Yeah, um, he's always been a decent block rate kind of a guy, and and he's not going to shoot eighty eight percent from the field, but he is a very much DeAndre Jordan esque kind of a at the rim guy. Like I said, fifteen of fifteen at the rim, zero of two outside of three feet, so. Uh, yeah, so 15 to 17 overall in the season. That's cool, man. I mean, he's going to help you there. And he's not quite as bad as the other guys. He's not a great free throw shooter, but he's not going to go to the line eight, nine times a game. He's, he's a career 57% shooter. Hasn't really been trending up. Uh, he's 75% this season, but he's only gone to the line four times. So yeah, he'll pull you down a little bit, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to murder you like the the other guys. Uh, okay, so another guy who's been a hot pickup, and not really by stats, more about new role, and that's Maurice Harkless, uh, who was playing a lot of three, but now he's playing a lot of four with Terry Stotts going smaller. Had a pretty nice game on Sunday, uh, 17 points, six boards, two blocks, two threes. Uh, surprisingly, he is a three-point shooter all of a sudden. He's had two threes in five straight games. Uh, this is really his fourth game in kind of the newish role with Al Farouk Aminu down. Al Farouk Aminu's out two to three more weeks at least. So he's going to get a chance. He's going to get minutes for sure now. Um, the only time he didn't hit 32 minutes was when they got run out of the building against the Clippers. So he's looking at, you're looking at 33 minutes. Uh, I think he'll score 11 points. I think he can get you um, close to a block and a steal a game. Looks like the threes are going to be there. So uh, pretty sneaky pickup. I, I kind of feel it. Yeah, he's been a nice surprise, and I'm with you. I, um, I'd be happy to, to pick him up for that across-the-board value. What really surprised me, I was afraid when, when they retained Alan Crabb and brought in Evan Turner that that was just going to start to dry up minutes on the wings. But as you mentioned, they're, they're playing Harkless at enough different positions that he's finding his way to 30-plus minutes per game. Um, as long as he's doing that and knocking down threes, yeah, he belongs on your team in 12-team leagues. For sure, yeah. And Alfred Camino, too. 
like you said, he is 100% four. He hasn't played any small forward minutes this season. So mm. that's opened up for, like you said, Turner, who finally had a good game last night. Uh, he's been pretty down, can't shoot the ball well. And then Alan Crabb, man, uh, people are mad at me because I, I had a tweet pimping him for DFS. And uh, he played 31 minutes, but he didn't didn't hit shots, didn't have any threes. So my bad, yo. <laughs> Real quickly on uh, the legend, Myers Leonard. Do you think this is kind of temporary until Minu comes back? He's played well. He played really well against Cousins the other night. So what what are your thoughts on him, short-term, long-term? Took six attempts from three last night, only made one. Uh, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach here. I think, obviously, Aminu's absence has opened up plenty more minutes. Um, I think he's going to be hit or miss nightly based on matchups, really. Yep, yep. All right, so move on, man. We're going slow. We always are. All right, so Kelly Olenek, he's he's surging right now. He's pretty close to peak because Al Horford's out, who should be back possibly tonight. Uh, and then Jay Crowder, keep in mind, Jay Crowder plays a lot of four. So unless Stevens goes super tight up front with Horford, a little bit of Amir, a little bit of a Lennox, you're gonna it's going to be tough. But he has upside. Uh, they've, they've talked about his defense. He can hit threes. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of easy twos in this offense. So I like his upside, but I don't think uh, we're, we're at his peak right now. So that makes me a little discouraged. I, I think you could pick him up, but... Uh, looking at his last, uh, his last two games have been pretty good. 16, 6 and 4 with a block and two threes. And then 19, three threes, three dimes, seven boards and a steal. I mean, he's been really good. But again, um, if I had to project, I'd probably be looking at like, I'll t- this is a probably best case, 10 points, five boards, a dime and a half, uh, 0.7 blocks and maybe 1.3 threes, which is, you know, kind of like 120-ish value. So uh, I kind of like it, but I don't love him. Yeah, his his permanent value is is solid, as we saw last year. Uh, I also think he'll probably flirt with standard league value this year, but I think his minutes are going to drop to the low twenties as opposed to the twenty eight he's averaging so far. Yep. Um, I picked him up in one league just to hopefully get another solid game out of him today. Um, if Horford's limited in any way or doesn't suit up. Yeah. But I have no faith in him long term. I'm probably just going to end up cutting him after tonight's game. What about Bielitsa measuring stick? Would you rather have Deli or Olenek? I think I'd go with Olenek just because I, yeah. I know that he's going to have a bit more stable role and give me some value. Yeah. Um, whereas Bielitsa is just a purely speculative dude who blew up one game and we have no idea. Yeah, like 10, like 18, 10 team would probably go belly, but like 14, 12 team I would definitely take Olenek. It's because I'd rather have the, the safe guy. Uh, yeah. All right, moving on. And this guy, man, another D-League stud, Sean Kilpatrick, who has suddenly shifted back to the point guard spot. He played a lot of point guard as a Cincinnati Bearcat. Can we talk about the Nets for a hot second? I mean, they're they're good. I mean, Kenny Atkinson runs some... I mean, they run a lot of set plays. You see a lot of teams, like, just run... Okay, screen and roll, figure it out after that. But they run a lot of, like, give-and-go kind of stuff. They run a lot of, like, off, off-ball off screens to get guys free. Like, I love their offense. It's just... Just love it. Like, if you are if, if you have any kind of aspiration to be a coach, um, it's definitely a good thing to check out. But, man, Skill Patrick, man, his his November is nice. Uh, 17 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, 1.2 steals, 2.03s. I mean, he, he's just slaying guys right now. So, Lynn will come back. So, he'll lose point guard minutes. But how do you feel about how do you feel about this guy? Like, do you, he's obviously worth owning across the board. But, I mean, do you feel like you're like, all right, I got it. I'll let, I'll let him go. Or would you try to t- trade him? As, I love to do the old two-for-one trades. 
So would you try <laughs> to maybe throw him in on a two-for-one, or do you just, like, roll with him? Yeah, I mean, he's been fun to The Nets, as you said, they've been fun to watch, uh, surprisingly. They're yeah. somehow maximizing Trevor Booker's value. Like, Seriously. I've never seen in my life. Um, Brooke Lopez is raining three-pointers on every other offensive possession. It's, it's craziness. Um, yeah, Kilpatrick, I think he's fine. I, I think Atkinson's going to continue to find ways to give him the ball, to get him minutes. Um, but he's going to be another guy kind of floating in the late rounds. So I, you mentioned two-for-one trades, and I'll just quickly say I don't think I've ever accepted a two-for-one trade in my life. Right. So make it, I like to make them. Yeah, yeah so, that's what I'm saying. Like Take Kilpatrick and put him with someone to get someone yeah. really good. Yes, I would, I would definitely try to do that yeah, and hope yeah. that. You know, as a little sweetener, he somehow gets me a better player. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, for you, I, I mean, pretty much if I take a two-for-one where I'm getting the two, it pretty much has to be where the two best players are, like, neck and neck. Yeah. Like, for me to do that deal. Um, and then Jared Dudley quickly, not buying. They've talked about speeding up the process, not Joel Embiid. Um, do, would you, I don't, I don't, I don't even care. Like, I'll leave him out in the wall. I'd rather have Bielitsa, believe it or not. He's just a streamer guy. Yeah, know, he's going like, to trend down. Yeah, so if you want to ride him while he's hot, great, but don't look to him for season-long value. All right, so we got a question. We already went way too long, so it'll be kind of quick. Um, just advice on selling highs. This is from J-Ball Blogger. It's, it's all about measuring demand. Like, the things you could do to measure where guys, how much a guy wants a guy. Like if, well, and one thing I like to do, too, is seeing if I kind of have an idea someone's kind of panicking on guys. You can kind of see, like, on a busy night if they're benching a guy. Like that's a good kind of indicator for who to target, and then, yeah, I mean, just you just got to kind of explore. Um, obviously, start with a, a high high price and work your way on down. Um, I don't I don't really think there's anything too complicated on it. No, yeah. Sometimes if I've got a player who's who's just torching uh, opponents every night, but I don't think he's going to keep it up, want to sell high. Yeah. I'll just go through every team in the league and make a make a. Not ridiculous offers. You don't want to just irritate people. Yeah. But but make you know a very favorable for you offer uh, to, to literally every team. I don't see why that's a bad strategy. And then yeah. just see what comes back. If people counter, you never know. Someone might accept your first offer. Um, but just get the offers out there. Get people thinking about about that player. Yeah. And if they have an- another big game, suddenly oh that that deal looks a little more appealing. And you just never know. So I would say just get some offers out there. Um, yeah. Because sure. you could, you know, if you make one offer and the owner rejects it, don't get discouraged. Move on to the next person. And then one thing I'll add is when you make an offer, try to think about it from their perspective. Don't just make it like, like why would they accept this offer? Like, yeah, that's a needs, yeah, yeah very important thing to ask yourself. I hate when people send me like, dude, why would I ever, ever, ever accept this trade? <laughs> okay, so again, we're going too long, but quickly, we wanted to go over kind of three buy low, sell high guys. So. I'm just gonna spit out my three, and I'm pretty sure we didn't. We did this blind, so we may overlap, and I think we're going to. So my top three buy low guys, and I try to go kind of outside the box here. Like obviously, like CJ Miles has been really good. Bebe's not gonna be a first rounder all season, um, but I put Demar Derozan on there. Mid range, contested mid range is just so high. He's not gonna hit that many. He's just doing so much scoring. I think it's gonna come down. Um, and then the last two, I think, are kind of injury related. I think Dwayne Wade is exceeding. Um, I think he's enough of a trendy kind of a guy where I think Jimmy Butler's going to kind of just... Jimmy Butler's been amazing, by the way, um, who's not a buy a sell high. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would try to sell on Dwayne. And then this is a surprise. The number one overall fantasy player, Anthony Davis. He had a back tweak over the weekend. If you could cash in on AD for like 
even like a Harden or a Westbrook or somebody like like or even a Towns uh, or even a Kawhi, I'd probably flip that number nine, ten pick you got on AD and try to upgrade to like a, the like the top five. Yeah, I said the same thing, and I went back and forth on AD because, as you mentioned, he's been the best player yeah. in uh, nine cap fantasy so far this year. So. But at the same time, everyone knows his injury history. Um, so if you're on edge about that, and every time he hurts himself, you start to panic. Um, you know, why not use the fact that he's the best player to get someone like Durant, Kawhi, you know, the other guys you just mentioned. Um, Who you got for... The other, uh, other sell-high guys I had were uh, Lou Williams and Nick Young. If you could flip them for okay. anything, just, just do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Williams is going bonkers. He's playing incredibly well, leading the team in scoring, but he's playing 23 minutes per game. And Nick Young's also he's shooting career high from the field. Hasn't missed a single free throw this year. Uh, I just don't see either of them sustaining mid-round value. So yeah, his true shooting's up, I think, sixteen percent from last year. Yeah, it's crazy, and you always look for those unsustainable trends, yeah. um, and vice versa. But we'll get to that for buy low guys. Yeah. Uh, and then the final sell high was Rudy Gay. Nice. Uh, he's, he's playing awesome. He's capable of top fifty value, but um, he's borderline second round right now, and. I just think owners should trade them before the Kings do. For sure. That's a great one. Uh, so, buy low. Uh, I think we're going to probably agree on this one. I put Victor Oladipo down. His usage rate's only down one. But what's been hurting him is the peripheral stats. They're just not there. Um, we've ex- we expected him to be kind of a two-steal, two-three kind of a guy. Just hasn't happened yet. So, I'm, I'm encouraged by the usage. His efficiency's down overall, too. So, a lot of positives for him there. Um, yeah, I, I love him as a, a buy low. And then also, as you mentioned, D'Angelo Russell. His minutes are, are a little bit down. He hasn't shot the ball very well. His steals aren't as high as I want them to be at just 1.0. Uh, he's only 41% from the field. Uh, his turnovers are really high. I think his assists are going to rise. Uh, I think he's a, a great, great guy to target. And then Chandler Parsons as well, a guy who's going to be in a great system, kind of like the Paul George, Aaron Gordon thing. They said they're going to use Parsons like LeBron. But Parsons hasn't hit the ground running yet. I mean, there'll be some rest. And I think that all that the questionable tags right now every game um, makes him his demand really low. So I think you can flip him pretty cheap. Like for like you said, I would probably trade like Lou Williams or somebody like that for Parsons. What about you? Uh, for sure. Yeah. Do you want you want my my yeah. lows now? Yeah. So I. Uh, for sure, the first one on my list was Victor Oladipo. <laughs> of course. The, the only thing I'll add there is that um, you mentioned his usage hasn't dropped that much. And last year, after the break, he was a top 10 player, despite having a usage rate of just 22.6%. So that's 2% higher than he's at right now. Um, so there's just I, I don't see any reason why he can't bounce back and, and be an early-round guy. And they're like first, uh, and, and they're really high in pace, too. They run fast pace. Yeah, so. right. So plenty of, plenty of opportunity. Um, Paul Millsap, I think. Mm-hmm. He's you're not going to get him at a clearance rate, um, but I think you can still get him below value right now. He's shooting 42% from the field, under 70% from the line. Um, neither of those are going to last, so I say grab him while you can. Uh, and finally, Jeff Teague, who same situation. He's shooting career low 37%. That's got to come up, um, and he's actually taking more three pointers, more free throws. He's increased his rebounds, assists, and steals. So he just needs his shots to start falling and his value is going to spike. Yeah, he had a really bad start to a season, but he's mm-hmm. he had, a, like I said, he had a bad a bad game from the field uh, over the weekend, 4-15, but 
But he got went to the line 12 times, and he's gone to the line 10 times three games ago. So the free throw yeah. rate's going up. He's always been a good free throw shooter. So And he's got 1.7 steals. I mean, this, this system's going to be very much Philadelphia-esque, where I think there'll be a lot of defensive stats, especially with the way that Miles Turner protects the rim. I think guys could be more aggressive on steals. So, um, def- And he fouled out, by the way, for I think the fourth time of his career. That just kind of shows yeah. how aggressive he's being. So in the hopes that his owner is still a little sour after that r- rough start, I'd say... Yeah, prime away. yeah, for sure. I actually don't have Teague, and I thought I was going to draft him more because I thought he would fall. Like, like oh, he's not going to have any assists. Actually, he does. Uh, he has 6.4. So, uh, Okay, so we got to blow through these. We talk, uh, Eighth Leo asked about Millsap and Depot, and I actually didn't put Depot on my list because I was going to save him for here. Uh, or Millsap, I mean. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's a great, great guy to, to go get. Uh, you could probably get him for, like, probably top 30, like, um trying to think who I would trade for him. I uh, can't think of anyone. Um, so we'll move on. Um, Nate Swan's asking. We already talked about that with uh, Aaron Gordon benching. Uh, Binks24, thoughts on Nurkic, and, which we already answered. Uh, we didn't talk about Nurkic too much, actually, though. So what, do you, what, do you thought, what are your thoughts on him? What, what do you think kind of his ceiling is? What would you do if, if you – would you trade for him, trade him away? Um, I would – trade him away probably I, I didn't think that his hot start was all that sustainable um, his efficiency was way higher than it's been in previous years um, very high usage and yeah we're seeing his minutes come down the fact that Mike Malone has said that possibly his best unit is using Gallo at the three Wilson Chan- Chandler at the four and then whichever big man's hot that night so I think more often than not that's going to end up um, being Jokic so I'm not, I can't get too excited about Nurkic's um, ceiling this year. So if you're drafting like 80, if you're drafting today, like 80 seemed about, that sound about right to you? That seems fair. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, right now he's down on, you know, on the strength of those two 17 minute dubs. Uh, he's down, he's outside of the top 150. Yeah. So there's going to be a bounce back, but I don't think we're going to see him pushing top 50 like owners were hoping for. Yeah, yeah. like you said, he had that really flukish kind of run around the basket. He's actually been subpar around the basket for a big man by a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll just going to fly through these questions from Small Ball Rocks, asking to rank going forward. Gary Harris, Josh Richardson, and Tim Frazier, I'll take that one first. I'm digging Josh Richardson. Um, they're giving him more ball, ball handling responsibilities. They like Tyler Johnson off the bench. Um, I think Deion Waiters is kind of a lame duck. Um, he, he's going to sh- fade away. They're getting rid of Luke Babbitt. I think they're really kind of catering, catering this offense to him and Dragic and Tyler Johnson, kind of like the way the Suns are doing stuff. So I, I love him. I love Gary Harris, but his ceiling isn't as high as Richardson. But love him. Uh, and then Frazier, kind of a distant third for me. Yeah, I actually have Harris above Richardson a little bit. Um, he could change my mind if he if he scores efficiently and starts adding more defensive stats and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, more assists would be nice too. Yeah. But yeah, so I have Harris, J. Rich, Frazier. Cool. Uh, so we got some other quick ones from Mr. Samuels um, asking to make room for Drew. We're just going to fly through these. Uh, would you drop Tristan or Ghostface Ilya? Uh, either or, but uh, yeah. Ilya yeah, same here. Uh, unless you're like stacked at bigs, uh, I would. I think Ursan's intriguing, but yeah. Uh, and then he also asks, uh, "Is Mo Harkless worth worth a pickup?" Which we kind of answered. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, definitely over Tristan. So drop Tristan and Urson for Mo and Drew, no question. Yeah. Uh, so Gilboy's asking drop Swaggy for we didn't talk about this guy either. Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Josh Richardson. I, I would do it. Uh, I Swaggy's been good, but he's so scoring dependent. Um, like you said, he, he this isn't sustainable. Um, Josh Richardson's stealing's really nice, and Rondé too, man, career high. He had the college homecoming revenge factor, so that that got him going. But they're running stuff through him, man. So I would drop for in, in a heartbeat. I would drop Swaggy for either of those two, but I would give the edge to Richardson. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, same thing. Drop Swaggy. He's I mean he's known for his hollow offensive scoring. Mm-hmm. So at some point that's going to catch up with him this year. Um, and yeah, I take J Rich then R H J. That's close though. Um, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah Ronde is Ronde is good. Pretty neck and neck. Yeah, I was high on Ronde this this season. Started yeah, out slow, but I think. Especially as the year goes on, the Nets are just going to feature him more and more. So yeah, they they're like like I said, they they're running stuff through him. I mean, he's bringing the ball up sometimes. It's it's pretty cool um, for yeah. a guy who had like what I think like an eight usage rate in his first like three or four games. So many people in DFS were like, never again. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you used him on Saturday. Um, all right, so uh, Joe Pipcorn, eleven cat league, so nine cat plus three point percentage and double double. So your hollow guys aren't as good here. Um, would you trade Nurk and Sergio Rodriguez for Jonas Valachunas? No brain, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. 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 So we're good. one of those two. I feel like a lot of people ask these questions because they want to make a trade offer, but they're not going to get accepted. Yeah. Like, yeah. JB's owner isn't going to take that, but yeah, make the offer. Yeah, exactly. That's not like laughable bad because JB's been no, kind of down. Yeah. Like JB's definitely a buy low kind of a guy, especially with Bebe just surging. Uh, so Gonzalez Renz asking Trevor Booker or Marvin Williams. Trevor Booker's been probably the pickup of the year. Trevor Booker's been awesome. That's that's tough. I, you know, I like Marvin. He's a he's a top one hundred guy in my book. But you might as well just stick. You know, his ceiling isn't so great that you'd be missing out on some crazy upside. So yeah. I just roll with Booker and for see sure. if he keeps us up. Hands down for me, and I like Mark. Like you said, I'm we're like he's like top one hundred. I'm cool with that. Um, so trying to get rid of Nurk, got rid, of, got offers for Demari Carroll, who's really low right now. Kyle Korver and Lou Williams. Uh, he he said he's got solid bigs. Would you take, would you take Nurk over those three? I feel like I would probably want him to boost his value a little bit more and aim higher personally. Yeah, yeah that's. I was thinking the same thing. I would. None of those guys appeal to me enough. Yep. Uh, Korver's just on the downswing of his career, and Lou Williams. We talked about who was the third guy. Uh, Lou and Demari Carroll. Demari Carroll, yeah, no. He, he's just yeah. off to such a bad start. His usage is terrible. He's he's talking about not knowing where he's going to get shots in the offense. Um, just so many red flags. So I'd, I'd wait for Nurk. But... Yeah, and Norman Powell was first in offensive rating. They're, they're running this, the Raptors' second unit and the Hawks' second unit. They're just they're killing teams. Like that's, that's why they're doing so well in the standings. Uh, okay, so speaking of Hawks, um, one of their good bench guys, Tim Hardaway Jr. or Jamal Murray, who's been better. He started out 0-16. Uh, also, no percentages, so that's big for Jamal Murray. I like Hardaway. I think he's got a good role. I like seeing how he's getting more minutes uh, in Corver spot. Usually, they, they kind of just keep him behind Bazemore. Um, but yeah, Thabo's played well, too. So uh, I, I would go edge Hardaway on this one. Yeah, I'm with you. the only reason I'd even consider Murray um, is the no percentage right, thing. Right. And also, I think as the season goes on, we're going to see Murray's role grow, whereas Hardaway is probably going to 
you know, just settle into his central as they make a playoff push. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Hardaway there. All right, so another quick one. Um, 12-team head-to-head. Add Taj Gibson and drop Clint Capella. We're going to assume that you're, you care a little bit about your free throws. Um, so what do you think about that? Taj versus Capella. Um, I'd probably go with Capella. Oh, really? Okay. See what happens. Yeah, he's, he's kind of ticked upward in the, in the past week. That Washington um, game was really good. That was his best game of the season. Yeah, so... Well, it depends how you feel about his free throw percentage, really. If, you, if it doesn't phase you or doesn't count in your league or, um, you know, if you're in a head-to-head league and you're, you're okay losing that category, uh, then I'd take Capella. But if, if you're in Roto, I'd definitely go Taj. Yep. Um, like I said, that's all that matters. I think in a vacuum, I would probably rather have Taj. Uh, okay, so last question from Rafael Race. Would you drop... Each one more for Seth Curry in a 14-team league. I would. I would, definitely. There's just so many things that could happen. Bray is injury-prone. Darren Williams is already banged up. Uh, they're playing Harrison Barnes at the, at the four a lot. They're playing Justin Anderson everywhere. They're playing... I mean, there's just so many different ways they could get Curry in there. So, yeah. Um, Curry's upside's way higher. Steals are looking a little bit better. The threes are going to be there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm all about that. He's coming off a nine assist, five steal, two three pointer game. Where if he had made more than four of seventeen shots, it would be just an all around gold mine. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else you want to add? What do you got? What do you got cooking? Um, uh, I'm about to jump into a, a live chat on Roto World here. So by the time this posts, it might be over, but you can always check out the replay. For sure. And right after that, I write a DFS column. Right. I may have to may have to rush this up there and put it up really fast. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't know what I'm going to write about tomorrow. Um, I may do a poll if I'm not going to write about like lineup combo stuff or like usage and efficiency changes. That's kind of like my wheelhouse. I, I may have to do a Twitter poll and see what people want, to do, want me to do. None of the people. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys have a great week. A lot of, a lot of teams playing four games like the Nets. Uh, uh, what about Joe, Joe Harris, by the way? I think he could be a sneaky, deep plug-in. I'm, I'm probably starting him in 30 minutes. The Nets, man, they're, they're, they're waiver-wire darlings right now. So many guys come out and pop Kenny Atkinson for president. <laughs> All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys have a great week, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. Right?